Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps keep us strong and even growing in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We keep emphasizing that, but it's so, so important. I don't think we can overemphasize it. But being in God's Word every day also helps keep us focused on our spirit well-being or lack thereof, and also on our relationship with God. So help people in your life get close to God, grow in their faith, maybe even get to heaven by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Do that and help somebody perhaps get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study talking about second chances. Have you ever needed a second chance? You have, of course. All of us have needed second chances and probably will continue to need second chances as our lives go on. But think about the second chance that we really need from a spiritual perspective. We mess up, don't we? We have messed up earlier in our lives. Even as Christians, if we become true New Testament Christians, we still mess up from time to times, and we need a second chance. Thank God that he is the God of second chances. The God of second chances. Well, we've been focusing on the account of the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 20 and actually going on beyond that if you want to read the entire text there. We talked about how that young son, the younger of the two brothers, asked his father for his inheritance while his father was still living. Now, we're not talking about his father being on the deathbed or anything and lingering as doctors treated him. We're talking about his father was still alive and active and vital. It seems to be the indication of the text. And as was the possibility in the custom and culture of that day, a son could ask for his inheritance while his father was still living. The younger son did exactly that. You get the idea that he really was impatient. He didn't want to wait until maybe 10 years or 20 years down the road when his father would finally pass from this life. That would look rather fatalistic, but he wanted his inheritance now. As a young man or a young woman even, often finds themselves wanting to launch out on their own, wanting to get away from home, wanting to do things that they just think they're, they're too hampered or hindered from being able to do uh, when they're still living under the roof of their parents. He, he wanted to get out and, and spread his wings, so to speak. But he was not very wise yet. He was not very mature yet, apparently. But he asked his father, and his father agreed and gave him his inheritance. Well, the text talks about then in Luke chapter 15, uh, in verse 13, not many days thereafter, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal or wasteful living. And so after he got that inheritance, it was like money burning a hole in his pocket. He had to get out and spend it, had to do some stuff. And so he left home and went to a far country. I suspect his father really did not even know exactly where he was. 
And he, verse 14 says, when he had spent all, you get the impression, at least I do, that it did not take him very long to burn through his entire inheritance. You can kind of get the idea of just spending money here and there and, again, well, prodigal living, wasteful living. And then there, a severe famine arose in that particular area where he was at that time in that far country, and he began to be in want, began to be in want for food even, for an income. And so he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and that citizen sent him into his fields to feed the swine. Now, as I emphasized, this young man was undoubtedly Jewish, and pigs were considered to be an unclean animal for consumption. They, Jewish people could not eat pork of any kind. Under the law of Moses, it was, it was considered unclean. And yet, here he finds himself feeding the pigs. And so I talked about how a whole lot of people go from wall-to-wall carpeting and you know big flat-screen TVs and all the conveniences of home to a pig pen. They end up in the pig pen. And that's where this young man ended up, basically, when you think of the imagery. In fact, the text says that he was so desperate for food, he was so broke and so in need of sustenance that even the pig food looked good to him. Uh, Verse 16 says he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. So it was getting worse and worse for him. But then it talks about how he came to his senses. Verse 17, when he came to himself, he started to reason how many of my father's servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. He was the son of the master, and he was hungering, wasting away. But the servants who lived in his father's house and served him, they had plenty of food, even food to spare. And so in verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Just take me in and and put me on the staff, and I will be a servant, and then I'll have plenty to eat. That was how destitute he was. But he repented. Notice verse 18 again. I will rise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. He's, he's, he's in repentance mode at this point. And verse 20 says, he arose and came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the, the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. In other words, <laughs> you get a fuller image of just how bad it had gotten for his son after he had wasted all of that inheritance. And he was dressing him up here, even putting sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now this is the father speaking again, the master of the house For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now again, what is the lesson we're to learn from this? The master, this is a parable. 
was it a story that was true? Did it really happen? Were they were there really these characters in play on a real life basis? Maybe, but it might have simply been a vivid illustration that Jesus told a story that would that could have been true to life, or certainly a story that would be representative of true to life experiences. And so, who is the who is the father? Who is the master? Obviously, God. Who is the son who wasted everything? foolishly, and then came to be repentant and asking just, please take me in and make me a servant. That's us, you and me. You see, again, what is the wages of sin? Death. Romans 6 and verse 23. But what is the gift of God? Eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans 6, 23. God is the God of second chances. This young man needed a second chance. He was just wanted to be a, a servant. Just <laughs> let me just be a servant. I've sinned against you, Father. I've sinned against heaven. But his father would have none of that. Oh, he told the servant to bring a ring and put it on his finger, a robe and put it on him, sandals on his feet. You know, go go uh, slay the the fatted calf and let's eat it. In other words, let's rejoice. Let's have a feast because my son was dead. Literally dead, no. But he was dead in that he was lost to his father. He was in some far off country. And if things had gone on before he came to his senses, he might have ended up dying there. But he came to repentance and came back and tried to, res- tried to, to make amends with his father. And his father restored him to his position as a son, as a son. Well, let's think about a possible, and we'll take some literary license here, but a representation of what happened that day. Hungry, sad, and alone, this boy finally resolved to go back to his father's farm and see if he could get on as a hired help. As he trudged mile after mile, it was a far-off country, It must have been a long, arduous journey because he was malnourished as it was. Pig food looked good to him, but he was going over in his mind what he would say when he came to his father and probably wondering what would be the reaction of his father. Would he reject him? Would he just say, you no longer have a place here? I gave you that inheritance that I had been building up for you for all of these years of my life and you wasted it already? It's gone, and now you want me to take you back in and take care of you again? Well, would his father send out a servant even and not even face him himself and just tell the servant, given this message of rejection? But as he rounded the last curve in the road, he saw the home place far off in the distance. With his heart in his throat and a knot in his stomach, he thought, well, here we go. See what's going to happen. And his father, the text indicates, was the first to spot him. Now, we get an idea there that the father, and remember, the father is representative in this story of illustration of God. God the Father, our creator, who created us in his own image with a soul, with a spiritual being within our physical body, to be with him for all of eternity in heaven. And his father saw him far off, coming 
toward the home place, coming back home. He had glanced down that road probably hundreds of times, maybe a thousand times, looking for his lost boy. But this time, he probably did a double take. His eyes probably opened up wide and a smile and feeling of emotion rippling through his body because this time his son was really there coming back home. Could it really be? Yes. Not only could it be, but it was true. His son was coming back home. Then something unusual happened. Maybe some of the servants working around the place saw their master running, running down the road to meet his son. Now, they may have never seen him run like that before. Imagine, because of the attire of the culture of that day and that part of the world, pulling up his long robe and taking off down the road with such emotion and such joy and tears very possibly flowing down his cheeks. And as the father drew near to his son, he threw his arms around the boy, kissing him, hugging him, rejoicing, who knows what all of the love talk that he expressed to his son. And thanks be to God, as he hugged that young man, embraced him and welcomed him back. But then his his son asked him in repentant phrases, I've sinned against you, Father. I've sinned against heaven. Would, would you please, could there be a place for me on the staff as one of your servants? Then the boy, recognizing I don't deserve to be your son any longer and to be held in that position in your eyes, could you just make me one of your servants? But the father would have none of that. The father gave orders to the servants as they neared the house. Get my boy something to eat. He needs new clothes, new sandals on his feet. Put a ring on his finger, a wonderful robe over his body. Get ready for the feast that we're soon going to enjoy. My son was dead, but now he's alive. He was gone. He was lost, but now he's back home. Oh, my We need to read that parable with all of the deep meaning that it really has. Notice how God is portrayed, a God who runs to the lost, coming back to him for a second chance, the God of second chances. Do you need to turn to God for a second chance in your life right now? Don't put it off. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for being a God who is willing to take us back when we come to our senses, having walked away from you. Please, Father, help us to soften our hearts and humble our hearts and come to you for that second chance. Please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.